Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's series in the book of Song of Solomon called An Invitation to Intimacy. These teachings are carefully thought out by Pastor Michael and his son, Pastor Shane, and the subject matter is probably best suited for married or engaged couples. These teachings may not be suitable for young children. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's final teaching in Song of Solomon, chapters 7 and 8, called Wise Principles for Marriage. Things will dissipate. Spiritual gifts will one day disappear. But love will last forever because God is love. Amen? And we will always know that love. Nothing will ever put that love out, not death or the grave. In fact, that love has conquered the grave. Amen? Death will die in the resurrection. And love is that strong, as powerful as the grave, as powerful as hell. One pastor was saying that, can you imagine with this in mind, that you know a, a bride and a groom are up before a pastor at a wedding, and he says to the girl... All right, well, you have him in sickness and health, uh, forsaking all others till death do you part. And she responds, like hell. <laughs> and he said, you know, that's biblical. We just read it. Let it sink in just for a moment. You'll get it. It was an attempt at weak humor as well. But anyway, never mind. His love won't let you go. I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. So that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. That's Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. So the beauty of the definitions of love are here. It's as strong as Sheol, and it flashes with the flashes of fire. This is the only time the the Lord is named in the song, verse 6, end of the verse. And it's an abbreviated form of Yah or Yahweh. And love is like the very flame of the Lord. Verse 7 rounds out the picture. When it says, Many waters cannot quench love, nor will rivers overflow it. Love, true love, biblical love, is compared to the fire of God. Imagine the burning bush. The uh, glory on top of Mount Sinai. Normally, If there's a fire, enough water will what? Put the fire out. But not with this love. The flame wins over the water. Nothing can ever quench that love because it is kept by the fire of God. Amen? And this is something that we need to pray. Lord, may your holy fire, the power of your Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, keep that love strong towards my spouse. Or perhaps in another context, towards someone that you've called me to love. Love is bigger than the two of us. Love is leanable, nurturing. It reminds us of a wedding ring. It's permanent. And we don't want to let the fire ever go out. It's a love that says, I'm spoken for. I've made a pledge. And somewhere along the line, the language seems to indicate that mom made a pledge with her daughter. Maybe it was a promise ring. And she said something like this, honey, one day the right man will come into your life, 
But until that day comes, let's make a commitment to your purity. And I will teach you to be ready when that time is right. That's beautiful, don't you think? And that's what we have before us. Jesus put it this way, what God has joined together, let no one ever separate. The book of Matthew chapter 19, verse 6. If a man, uh, look, look at the middle of verse 7, a little bit more about love. If a man were to give all the riches of his house for love, it would be utterly destroyed. You cannot put a price tag on love, brethren. You can't buy it. It's not cheap. But when it's there, it's more valuable than riches because you know what? Riches will one day perish. You're going to leave your stuff to somebody else. But your love, you're going to take with you. And your love, you're going to leave behind you. Your gold, your silver in that day won't matter. In fact, sometimes it causes more complications than anything else. But your love, you will carry forward. B.B. Warfield was one of the great minds in the history of the church. Professor of theology at Princeton University from 1887 to 1921. He was well known for his writings on the inspiration and inerrancy of the Bible. But what is not well known about Warfield was how he cared for his wife. At the age of 25, Warfield married. He and his wife, Annie, went to Germany for their honeymoon. There, Annie was struck by lightning and was paralyzed for life. Warfield spent almost 40 years caring for her. In fact, all those years, he never left his home for more than a few hours at a time. O'Donnell, a commentator, says that is touching. I get choked up every time I think about it. That's wearing your wedding ring always. But what was he thinking? What, what was this great mind thinking? Why would he do that? Why would he give 40 years of his life to a woman who couldn't kiss him, couldn't make love to him, couldn't have children to carry, or bear him children to carry on his prestigious name? Why would anyone ever love that way? And O'Donnell says it's captured in one word. He was a man of honor. And he had made a vow to love his bride until death do they part, and he did. And he was a brilliant theologian who produced incredible uh, doctrine for the church, and yet something unknown about him is that he loved her through the years in a sacrificial way. All right, we're going to transition to the brothers. They're in verse 8. At first, this may shock you, but I'll explain they say, we have a little sister, and she has no breasts. What shall we do for our sister? If she is a wall, we shall build on her a battlement of silver. But if she is a door, we shall barricade her with planks of cedar. Now, what in the world is going on here, God's people ask? I have no idea, so let's just move on to the next verse. No. <laughs> so the brothers are talking about a time when she was before puberty, leading up to the proposal. And the brothers had a job. Remember, early in the book, we saw the brothers made her work in the vineyard. But the brothers had a job, and their older brothers, they call her little sister. And older brothers have a role. And what's their role? To threaten any person who approaches. <laughs> and so they say, in the years that she was too young to marry, well, we... We wanted to make sure she was protected. If she was a wall, which means a virgin, we shall build on her battlement of silver. Some believe a generous, generous dowry or a recognition of her virginity. 
But if she is a door, can you imagine what that means? If she's opened herself prematurely to men in an unhealthy way, they said, we will barricade her with planks of cedar. (laughs) We'll put her behind our door and make sure that no one gets to her. Once again, you can see very familial stuff here. Love is protecting if you're taking notes. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, love always protects. We want the best for those that we love. And so she says, I was indeed a wall, verse 10, and my breasts were like towers. It could mean that she did develop or it could mean she was out of reach of those men who came calling out of order. Then I became in his eyes, probably the eyes of Solomon here, the bridegroom, as one who finds peace. His name actually means peaceful. She waited. She was a wall, verse 10. She kept herself for him. And then Solomon saw her. They married. They were intimate. And she found grace or peace in him, whose name means peaceful. Let me just say this. If you wait and you're intimate on your wedding night, you will have a great peace and freedom in doing things God's way. Believe me when I tell you, there are not people lining up to talk to pastors in pastor's offices, offices about, oh, I so regret waiting until my wedding night. I ain't talked to one of them. But I'll tell you who I've talked to over the years. People full of regret, people full of guilt. And sometimes I've had couples in and I've directly said to them, um, are you sleeping together? And you know right away what the answer is going to be. Because if they do the bulletin shuffle, everybody know what the bulletin shuffle is? Kind of a nervous back and forth looking at the bulletin. That means they have a confession to make. I heard a pastor say he would not marry people who were engaged in premarital sex. And you know what we do? We will tell a couple, okay, you're living together and you're being intimate. You're not married. Separate for six months. And then when you come back on your day, day of your wedding, you can make a recommitment to virginity and then you can consummate your marriage again when you do things the right way. And then comes the test of whether one wants to live a biblical life. Because here's what we normally hear. Practically speaking, that doesn't make a lot of sense for us because... And then you're going to get the story. We're sharing a place and financially and da 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 Which is just more justification, right? Let's be honest. I said that this is going to be some hard truth. But would to God that people would tell us the truth. Amen? Some of us reflect back and say, I wish someone would have told me and been straight with me. I, made it, I may have made an adjustment to be in line with the Lord. I will tell you that the mention of battlement here in verse 9 implies that it's going to be a battle. You're going to need the full armor of God, family, peers, church community, knowledge of God's word, commitment, discipline, accountability, clear boundaries, have a future goal in mind, your future spouse in mind to stay pure. But you can do it because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Don't believe for a moment the world's 
message. No, we just got to make sure that we give them what they need for safe sex. Uh-uh. Not true. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. What we really need is more monthly partners so the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now back to the Walkin' Truth series called An Invitation to Intimacy. The subject matter is best suited for married or engaged couples and may not be suitable for younger children. Here's Pastor Michael. Don't believe for a moment the world's message. No, we just got to make sure that we give them what they need for safe sex. Uh Uh-uh. Not true. And for those of us who have done things out of order, we found the beauty of God's grace if we've repented and and turned to him. And some of us have found the reality of his loving discipline. Amen? You don't want to say amen to that one, huh? (laughs) Here's why. When the Lord loves somebody, he will discipline us if we get off track. Why? Because he loves us. And so sometimes he'll let us swim in the consequences of bad decisions. The point is, character does matter. We wind down. Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Haman. Some believe that means Lord of wealth. Might tie to the previous thought about riches. He entrusted the vineyard to caretakers. Each one was to bring a thousand shekels of silver for its fruit. My very own vineyard uh, 12 is at my disposal. The thousand shekels are for you, Solomon. 200 are for those who take care of its fruit. Do you remember at the beginning of the book, we gave a view about how Solomon met the Shulamite bride? Do you know where he first saw her? At a vineyard that her brothers took care of. That's the providence of God. Now, some people say, does God really have one person in somewhere in the world that will be my true love? I don't know. I don't know for sure. I can't go to a Bible verse and say to you, oh, this says, just wait, Because the person will show up at your door with candy and flowers, ding dong, and you'll just know. I don't know. I think God steers a moving vehicle, if you will. But the providence of God is here because Solomon showed up at one of these vineyards that he had hired out the caretaking of to her brothers, and that's where he saw her. And some of you are saying, where are all the good men? Amen? Any, Any ladies? Maybe you thought this. Are there any good men out there? And where does one find them? Not at the club. Mm-mm. Maybe on the sites. <laughs> I know that's become the modern way of meeting people now, and I'm not going to bag on that. But perhaps 
at the vineyard. You say, what does that mean? I need specifics. I'm trying to meet a man. All right. In the course of everyday commitment to the Lord, you may be surprised that a person might just show up. I don't, I can't tell you, I've cornered the market on wisdom on meeting someone, but if you want to meet someone solid, make sure you're in places that are solid. Thank you, Brother Bert. Verse 13. Oh, you who sit in the gardens, my companions are listening for your voice. Let me hear it. And then the book ends with these words. Hurry, my beloved. Be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of spices. Basically, she says to him, hurry home. Because when you get home from work, there's going to be cinnamon behind the door. And all God's men said, yeah. And she calls him a young stag, which gives me even more evidence that Italian stallion could be biblical. She's shaking her head. <laughs> Brothers, if your wife calls you or texts you and says, hurry home because there's going to be cinnamon behind the door, I guarantee you that brother ain't playing softball that night. He ain't going bowling with his buddies. In fact, he may clock out early, feign sickness, <laughs> which is breaking another commandment, but, you know, that's not the discussion for this morning. <laughs> and he will be there. If you say, I'm putting on a nice negligee, there'll be a lit candle, and when you get home, romance will be behind the door. He will show up. Maybe move faster than you've ever seen him move before. I bring it up because that's the way the book ends. Hurry home, my beloved. Be like a gazelle or a young stag. Let's go to the mountain of spices. Which means you got to keep your love life spicy over the years, right? Continue. The book ends with the idea of love continuing. Now I'm going to make a, a spiritual angle point and we're done. Would you turn all the way to the last chapter of the Bible? Worship team, if you can hear my voice, we're going to wrap up. The Bible ends with a Love is expectant theme. If you're taking notes, the final love is expectant. It says in Revelation 19, 7, let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Titus 2, 13 says, we're looking for the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our blessed hope. And the book of Revelation ends with these words. 22, 20. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. And the church responds, amen, Maranatha, hurry back, come, Lord Jesus. And then it ends, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all or you all. Amen. Father, thank you for your living word. Thank you for this time in the Song of Solomon. Thank you for those who have taken in the book, considered what the word of God says, had a soft and pliable heart and open ears. The room is represented with different stages of life, different situations, Lord. There's a spiritual application. There's a friendship, body of Christ application. But the main context has been marriage. And Lord, I know that perhaps this has opened up some wounds 
that only you can heal, and I pray you would heal them. Some good conversations, Lord, I pray that would move us in your direction. There may be a need for forgiveness. Redirect on the way that we've been doing things, Lord. That's really what repentance is all about. It's aligning my life, redirecting my life with your word, your will. I pray that you would sprinkle your grace upon this precious church because I know they've had open hearts to hear what you have to say and I think they desire, I know they desire to walk with you. Help us amend our ways, Lord, if there's something off. And if we find ourselves in a place of hurt, pour your, the beauty of your salve, your grace over those wounds. Help us forgive, move forward, let go of resentment. Help us, Lord. We want to be your people walking in your love, your forgiveness, your grace. Moving forward, not staying stuck. Would you keep your head and heart bowed just for a moment? None of this is going to work unless you know the one who is love. And if you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this would be a time to ask him in. Repent of your sins. Say, Lord, I believe that you died on that cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin. There may be someone here who's been wayward in their marriage and You need to find that way back. And first, it's repentance to the Lord, and it's making amends and building trust again. Lord, you know every heart. I just pray that you'd be ministering to your people. Speak. Speak to us, Lord, about how you'd have us to respond. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Wise Principles for Marriage, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's final teaching in Song of Solomon, chapters 7 and 8. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And could you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening on podcast. Please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then our hope is they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, the bottom line is that the Song of Solomon is in the wisdom literature of the Bible. So we have Proverbs, we have the book of Ecclesiastes, and we have the Song of Solomon, and they're all together in our Bibles, considered wisdom literature or wisdom as far as a genre is concerned. Now that's key because if there's anywhere where we really need wisdom, it's in marriage. Now we need it for every aspect of life, but you know what I'm saying? You know, people often joke about marriage and they say, marriage is so hard and yeah, we need wisdom for it. Um, but you know, it's available. And one of the places it's available is in the song of Solomon. It's also available in Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Psalms, And for that matter, all 66 books of the Bible. So I'm glad that you have begun to listen to Walk in Truth and listen to the Song of Solomon teachings. You can find out more about the ministry when you go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We are also available on all your favorite podcast platforms. So search for Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. You can go back and listen to uh, previous messages. Maybe you want to go back and revisit this whole series 
in the Song of Solomon. I think that would be wise to do <laughs> using our word wisdom. And uh, it would benefit you. And maybe you go back and listen with a small group. Go back and listen with your spouse. Make it a, a study for the next, uh, you know, whatever it's going to be. Seven, ten small group meetings, cup of coffee with someone who needs help, etc. It's all available at walkintruth.com. And one other thing, we are starting a brand new book, the book of Hebrews. I'll tell you, it is such an amazing study in the book of Hebrews. Our superior and sympathetic high priest, his name is Jesus. The book of Hebrews, really talking about his superiority to all the shadows and types of the Old Testament, Old Covenant, and how sympathetic he is and how he intercedes for us, our grand high priest. Man, I'm so excited to air the book of Hebrews, and I know you're going to be blessed. Tell a friend it's coming up right here on Walk in Truth as we launch out in the book of Hebrews next. So keep us in prayer on that. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. Have a tremendous weekend. We'll see you next time. And as always, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with some of the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for just $5 a month. And visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Hebrews called Our Superior and Sympathetic High Priest. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.